0: from kqed
1: mic check check one check two are we here all right we're here right now ish we're back outside in real life you're listening to right now ish and i'm your host Pendarvis harshaw happy to tell you that producer marisol medina cadena and i finally got the chance to get out and talk to the people yeah we're here we're in front of girls garage brick gooding in west berkeley i can see people assembling A shelf? A bookshelf?
0: Can you guess that tool?
1: (laughs) Guess that tool? (laughs) (laughs) Girls Garage teaches young women and non-binary teens how to use tools and build stuff. They build furniture and structures for small organizations in the area. It's the nonprofit that helps nonprofits. And its founder and executive director is Emily Pilliton Lamb. Okay, we've been spotted. (laughs) How's it going?
0: From Zoom to real life. Yes, exactly. Yay.
1: Emily is leading the way in building a new generation of carpenters and construction workers. And they don't look like the traditional hard wearers of yesteryear. Stick around to hear more about constructing objects and building people in just a few.
0: So they are assembling the pieces they cut yesterday. Um, So there's two benches and a, a bookshelf happening. Everyone's using drills and drivers. They're working in small teams. This is actually only half of the group. The other half is working on murals down at Boss and then they switch after lunch. You walk in the door and you're nine years old and no one is going to doubt you. No one's gonna say you don't belong here. No one's gonna ask questions about whether or not you're qualified. One of the first tools that we teach is the chop saw or the miter saw. The one that we have is a 12-inch blade that is a blade that's bigger than your nine-year-old head. And that's actually a really important thing for us is I I wanna welcome young people uh, by inviting them to do things that they're scared of.
1: First day in chop saw, Are you Ever intimidated by any of the tools when you walked in? It
0: was um, specifically the chop saw. It's really, really loud. Spins really fast. It makes me nervous. Um, also because I don't want to lose a thumb.
1: How did you overcome your
0: fear? The support of the leaders here and the teachers, uh, walking me through it showing me that my fears are valid, but I can control what happens and
1: I'm in control of the situation.
0: I do feel like bravery is a thing that can be practiced. It's a muscle that can be flexed. And so I want for young people to have that experience of being afraid and of having someone standing next to you saying, you can do this and I'm gonna be right here next to you. And every time after that you do that, it becomes less and less scary to the point where you feel like an expert and where you can actually pass that on to others too.
1: Question of the day is what's your favorite tool?
0: The chop saw. I've gotten used to it, I think, which is a crazy thing to say, but I've gotten used to the chop saw. I like the drill and driver the best because it's fun to like drill and stuff and then put the nails in it. Circular saw, because you have to actually handhold it and it's like all that power in your hands. You like cut huge pieces of wood tools in general just give you a bunch of power and it's a great feeling. We build everything from small scale sort of practice projects like a birdhouse or a catapult. We use those small projects as stepping stones to get to full scale design build projects for our community. And so examples of that are a 500-square-foot chicken coop for Urban Tilth, which is an urban farm in North Richmond, Um, sandboxes for local preschools. This summer, we're building a greenhouse for a middle school. And so it's important that our projects are beautiful, well-engineered structures that we want to live on for years and serve our community in, in really specific ways.
1: How do you choose what community partners you work with?
0: We like to work with community partners who are really on the ground, direct aid, mutual aid models. And so if we can build you bookshelves or a chicken pavilion at no cost to you, then we're able to sort of double our impact within the nonprofit sector in the Bay Area.
1: How does the art of architecture differ from the science of construction?
0: To me, Architecture is not just about getting something to stand up and not fall down. It's about making space and embedded in the question of making space is who gets to use that space? um, Who had a say in shaping it? And is it truly a structure that's of service to our community?
1: How does that discussion happen with a nine-year-old?
0: So an example of this is two years ago we built a public parklet bench Um, outside a restaurant in our neighborhood and it's made up of two by fours, it's really beautiful. But in the process of designing and building that project, the question was raised by the restaurant owner uh, whether we should build in armrests to make it less inviting for unhoused individuals to sleep there. To make a long story short, we said no. We said we're not doing that because that is a hostile architecture. That's not what we're about. But in the process of answering that question, questions that came up really forced us to examine our own values, not just the adults in the room, the, the whole team of young people and adults. And I think that's really where the learning happens, is when there's no black or white answer.
1: In that instance, how did the client respond?
0: Interestingly, the client came around um, when we said we don't want to do that. And explained why they said oh you know i hadn't thought of it that way and you're right that's the right thing to do that was just sort of proof that you know sometimes it just takes an, a re-examination Probably. okay Somewhere. let's have a definite design yeah. and then let's like try new things for sure okay whoa trying new things i know it's an experience guys
1: beyond talking about the social and ethical issues that might come up how do you actually teach students hands-on skills especially when students have different needs and learning styles.
0: This is actually why I think design and building and construction is such a great activity for young people, because in some ways, it's the great equalizer. Maybe should we have a way of touching the top totally of it. Yeah, just yeah, to yeah. Give some yeah I agree. There are things that are very precise, and there are things that are not, that are a lot more just creative and art-based. Like, if I'm really good at math, There's a way to approach building a birdhouse that's very math-specific. Let's get all the dimensions right. Let's get everything all lined up. Um, If I'm more of a a sort of abstract visual learner, then let's do a crazy sketch and let's figure out how to make that thing happen. There's a sound component. We teach like how to listen to your tools to know what's going right and going wrong. Um, I think there's so many different ways to teach building. Yeah, they're doing it in their back. They flipped it, so now the back's facing up. So then you can drill
2: down. Really easy. Yeah,
0: so. so, to me, I think this is the perfect medium. It is really an invitation for anyone who learns in any way, who's interested in anything. Like, I'll find a place for you in this project. Yep. What color are you painting our bench? Yeah. Do it Yay. Yay! Okay, wait. We wait. should do like a is contrasting color. Yeah, that's red. Then we could do like a blue. Blue. There's a blue over there. Yeah. It's a, like really bright blue. The cerulean. Good. Good yeah. How would you get to this point
1: in life where you wanted to build spaces?
0: I think that building with young people is the thing I was born to do. I was that kid who was like always running around the forest in the dirt and taking things apart and building stuff in the living room and forts and tree houses. Um, and I think I just sort of naturally have been drawn to uh, the creation of space, of doing things with my hands. Luckily, I was invited to participate in a summer program when I was 16 years old, and I got to travel to Central America with a group of teenagers from all over the country. I got to learn uh, masonry and carpentry from some of the local builders, and we built this town park project over the course of the summer. And that was the experience that fundamentally changed forever what architecture meant. And also just like as a young woman that I had more power than I thought. Getting to do that now feels like this is truly uh, the construction crew of my dreams. I I think we could just like do it like that. Yeah. Like a squiggly line. But you know, (laughs) more sophisticated. More sophisticated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Like,
1: yeah. What's the uh, thought process behind the squiggly line?
0: (laughs) Waves. waves. So, as as I was saying, like, we're we're also painting. I want to see a world built by women built for women, built by people who identify in truly intersectional ways, because that's how the world is. Nothing is so siloed. Having felt what what Girls Garage feels like as a support system, that as they go on to college or uh, a workplace, that that's a dynamic that they'll look for, to seek female mentors or seek mentors who have lived experiences that are similar to theirs and actually spend some energy trying to cultivate that support network. I feel like there's a lot of misogyny in the building world, and I feel like that's definitely, like, a part that some girls can feel and that I have felt. And I'm really glad that, like, um, Girls Garage has a lot of women of color, too, which makes it more, like, inviting for me and makes it more of a safe space. No matter what these girls are going on to study, it, it does feel like there's an attitude and a skill set that will translate into whatever they do.
1: On top of having that skill set in their metaphorical toolbox, they walk out the door with a literal toolbox as well?
0: They do, yes. We want to give something to girls that they can take with them so that as they grow up and identify as builders and they're at home and something breaks or they think, oh, I want to build a bookshelf, that they have the literal tools to do that. And so every teen girl who's in our program um, is gifted a toolbox that's about the size of a picnic cooler, it's huge, and it has 20-something tools in it. The accumulating of the tools and the equipping yourself is often the barrier. It's a financial barrier or a resource barrier. And so by providing this toolbox, we're just removing that barrier and saying, you have everything you need, maybe you have to Google something, but you got this. Uh, yeah, I think it's fine, but like woodworking, construction stuff is never really seen as something that like is feminine, and I think Girls Garage makes it feminine, and I think Girls Garage makes it makes us fearless in the way that we are not only um, addressing like our physical fears, but also just like societal uh, pressures and um, norms and kind of destroying those. Girls Garage like doesn't like give you any limits. It's like whether you're doing screen printing, welding, like carpentry, they're always like, yeah, of course you can do this. There's no limits like because maybe of like your race, your gender, like your sexuality, like none of that matters kind of when you're working with tools. And I think that's like a very beautiful thing about Girls Garage.
1: Thank you to Emily and thank you to the students at Girls Garage for showing us around your workspace. It was truly awesome to see you all in action. Zara, Alicia, Noel, Isabel, and Lily, keep up the good work. If you're looking for more information on the organization, you can check out their website at girlsgarage.com. Marisol Medina-Cadena is the producer of this show. The editors of this episode were Jessica Plachik and Vanessa Roncaño. Our engineer is Seal Muller. Kiana Moganum and Sarah Pineda make up the engagement team. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you for listening. Right now ish is a KQED production.
0: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area, its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.